When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, now we're going to run into a huge problem because we got Brittany, yeah. we got AJ yeah. on one side, and then you got Gelfand and me on the other side going, my God, humanity sucks right now. <laughs> you guys can't. You know how exhausting it is to try to stay positive when, well, when Gelfand... Turns that mic on. I have, a, but I have a positive approach to negativity. Yes, know? that's the big difference. I think so. Yeah. I forgot. I mean, I look. I I would suggest to people like don't go online, don't don't spend all day looking at the news. But I'm trained from birth to spend all day looking at the news. It's my job, you know. That I mean, was your job your whole life. I was yeah, trained as true. a journalist, and I've yep. like when I was 14, I said, okay, I'm a journalist now. I mm-hmm. wasn't, but that was my. That was my identity. Where'd you steal that shirt from? I was just going to say. Mm-hmm. Got a Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Well, I like Nike Joe shirt. Burrow, and uh, I've got, uh, I don't have him on my fantasy team, but I do have T. Higgins. So, oh, okay. So I'm kind of loyal to Cincinnati this year. Yeah, the Cincinnati's your club. Well, it is when I'm watching them on TV and I'm rooting on my, my wide receiver. Sure. Otherwise, I, like, I got, you know, like 10 different teams because I got 10 different players. Your twins are down to one game. They might, they might win the division by not even playing today. Yeah, well, that would be that would be appropriate, wouldn't it? Kind of would. <laughs> you might be right about that. We can't even be positive about a team that's making the playoffs. I well, love that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's been assumed for months that they would win the division, and it's yeah. been and it's yeah. been assumed for months that they would play two games and then they'd be done. But I don't know. They got some pitching, and the pitching is in rare, is a rare commodity these days. It it boy pitching, especially middle inning. And yeah, well, oh yeah, but the God. Twins have two starting pitchers who are actually yeah, good. They do. Which means they they could actually get to the second round. In the playoffs, two pitchers is good. That's what I'm saying. There's no doubt about it. You're you, right about that. I mean, you you throw you throw you know you throw Sunny Gray mm-hmm. the first game. Yep. And he's as good as any guy around. Yep. I agree. And then you got Lopez and boy, the trade is all of a sudden looking pretty good. Yeah, it really is. Because <laughs> Arias would not help you win that second game. You know. No, I you're mean, right. I mean, he'd be you're fine, right. but they got they got a lot of guys who can hit singles and doubles. Is Arias still hitting like 400. Uh, I think he's, he's hitting like I think he's hitting like 345 or he something. He really is. Yeah. Yes, no, I, he's, he's it's, an amazing. It's great. It, it's it's a throwback, is what it is. Living in Miami. Yeah. How could you not like that? He's in pretty good shape. Except what's really weird, Cubans do not go to the base, even though it's in little Cuba, little Havana. Yeah. 
they don't go to the games because apparently the original owner, they wanted him to draft a Cuban player, mm-hmm. and he didn't do it, so they said, we're never coming to your games again. <laughs> they, and they won't go to the games. It's, it's the national sport. <laughs> it's like a religion in Cuba. Tony Oliva, baby. Yeah. That's all I need to say to you. Uh, Tony O, I... Uh... I had I wa- I saw him play in his final game. Wrote a story about him. The final game he played in. Oh, you did. Nineteen seventy-six. God, seventy-six. Yeah. My God. And I, I I remember interviewing him, and it was not easy because his language was a little. You know, he was had a little bit of a problem with English. He did, well, he still does actually. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, he does. <laughs> no, I mean, no, you're right. He, he always had a problem. I Great mean, guy. Though. And I listen. I've I've tried to learn like six different languages. And, Failed at all. I mean, so I don't. I don't. Yes. I don't know how how people yeah. do it. But I interviewed him, you know, because uh, I was doing a story about his final game. And uh, but the problem was he didn't know it was his final game. Oh yeah. That, oh, that's right. Yeah. I do remember that now. God, I can't believe that was fifty years ago. Mike. God, it's just insane. Almost fifty years ago. Yeah. Tony Oliva. You ever been to Cuba? I have not. You got to get to Cuba sometime. You've been there. I've been to Cuba. Yep. And I will tell you one thing. I, you know one reason I loved Cuba? Because when I walked around Cuba, I was about the size of Wilt Chamberlain, baby. <laughs> I was like a foot taller than every. Honest to God, Brittany, if you ever went to Cuba, you'd be a foot taller than most of the people there. They could praise me like the god I am. <laughs> they could, exactly. You'd so, finally get your due. Thank you. I, I wish my parents had sent me there for high school. I could have been a power forward. Yeah, you could. Absolutely you could have been. Yeah. There's no question. The people could not be nicer in Cuba. They're very, very nice people. The infrastructure is falling apart. Like, I mean, you literally would be walking down the street and have a piece of a building would fall off. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Oh, my, my Camry would be like a new car there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, where'd you get that 25-year-old car? We went over to the uh, Copacabana, which is still there. Of course, there, yeah, yeah. And they still got the, the dancers. And that's, that's a hell of a... If and you ever get a chance, do Copacabana. That. Now, I, can't, I will not be able to get that music out of my At head now. the Copa, Copacabana. <laughs> But a great show. If you ever go to the, go to uh, Havana, yeah, you go to Cuba. Go definitely to the Tropicana because it's a really cool show. Yeah. But I mean, the people are very very. So, so to get there though, we hired cars. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever saw a taxi. They must have taxis, but I don't think I ever saw one there. Maybe they don't have taxis. They have drivers. They still have rickshaws, I think. Yes, they do. The guy picked us up. Beautiful, immaculate vehicle. Looked yeah. like brand new. Picked us up in a 1955 Oldsmobile. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was phenomenal. My grandmother had one of those. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, so you remember how big that thing was? Oh yeah, it was huge. My grandmother uh, got got upset one day and decided she was going to end it all. Kind of runs in the family. Sure, sure. So she she went she got into the garage, powered it up, and hit the accelerator. Oh no. Yeah, she she lived. Was it in gear? Uh, well, no, she put it in gear. And then oh, she, she stepped on the accelerator because she was upset. So did she go right through the back of the, the uh, building? You know, I, I, I don't exactly know that the details are a little sketchy, but I do know that she had migraines a lot. Oh, yeah. And I think it might have been a result of that, but I, I'll Could never know. I, you know. I couldn't really ask her. Did you ever know anybody took a long drive in their garage? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think your cars can do that anymore. Maybe not. Oh, you don't think they can? No, I feel like they fix that now where it's really hard. To get asphyxiated? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I just feel like I read something maybe like a couple years ago during the pandemic that was something people were trying. Really? Because that that would be that would be tough for Zelenovich, my former uh, TV partner, because yeah. mm-hmm. because I don't think a day went by when he didn't use the phrase potato in the tailpipe. Potato in the tailpipe, yeah. I remember. I mean, once he locked on to something, <laughs> he, did, he was just going to go for it. But I love that about him. That yeah, was, well, sure. worked for me. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll see how life works out, right? So back to the Twins for a second. Yes, yeah. today they could actually win the division today, and they're not even playing today. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. i I got to be honest with you, there are obviously – Several teams that are better than the Twins. A uh, few, yeah. A uh, few. But but it all comes down to having two pitchers in the it first does, round. You play. Right. It's a three-game thing, so they could win those first two games. Now, what they really should they do, could. they send Sonny Gray out there. Mm-hmm. They win the first, right? Yes. Now, the second game, they they just go bullpen in the second game. I agree. You I know, agree 100%. Maybe start out with Maeda. Give them yep. three innings or yep. so, you know, and then just keep going with with those guys, and then you know, and then if you if you have to play a third game, then you know, you send out Lopez. He just, I mean, what, can you imagine? Be phenomenal. A third game. How many teams have three good starting pitchers? Like none, I think none, is the answer. None would be the answer. Yeah, and so well, you know, let, let's say they have to play Texas. Uh, I don't. I, that, which there's like seven teams they might wind up playing. Right. So it's right. hard. It's hard to say. One day it's Texas, the other day it's Houston. It does. But I was thinking Texas would be the ideal thing because they have really one good starting pitcher, except he's not starting because he's going to be hurt. That's Scherzer. Ooh. Oh, Scherzer. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, so without Scherzer, they don't. They don't. I don't think they have anything. I'm telling you, honestly, God, that's one thing I love about ba- the baseball playoffs. I mean, obviously the Vikings and the playoffs and all the rest of it, but that's once a week. This is like nearly every day of the week you're yeah. out there watching a game. Uh, it's I love the baseball playoffs. I really, really do. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's, for me, the greatest tournament uh, ever is the NCAA basketball tournament. I agree back in the Clem Haskins. Well, it's and just there's, there's so many teams, and you're always discovering a new player that yeah. you hadn't heard of. Yep. But baseball is, well, I mean, it's, it's our sport. I grew up with baseball. Yes. You know, my dad was playing catch with me. Now, you know, I, I shouldn't say that. It'll probably make you cry. But my dad would play catch with me in the backyard. You know, it's, it's like, that was my whole relationship with my dad was playing catch. See, the only catch my dad and I ever played is if he'd catch up with me and I'd give him five dollars. That's the catch we played right there. Oh, you caught me with cash. Great, wonderful. It's fantastic. I knew I was gonna, I was gonna just, I was gonna trigger you. I guess I just. See, you know, is that do you? Do you think that's why I'm so touchy about people not getting along? Because I, I lived it my whole life. You yeah. think that's why I'm so touchy about it? Um. I, it's quite possible. It probably is. You know, and I think uh, a lot of turmoil. I think uh, you know you, you and I both. I think uh, were you know is it, it's the old question. You know, is it is it, uh, is it just something that's in our DNA, or is it totally just a product of our of our uh, home life? Yeah. Uh, but um, there is a certain amount of anger there. No question, but I was saved by the fact that my friends parents were all very nice to me yeah i know i had the same thing yeah yeah went out of their way to be nice to me because i knew it wasn't my mother was always at work so she wasn't around yeah and my dad was a psychopath yeah well i and had like i had a friend who his uh, his mother would when i would, I would come over in the winter time 
I never had proper gloves, you know. Well, sure. And my yeah. hands, of course. Mm-hmm. Then, then, uh, then you add to that washing my hands, maybe well, I don't know, 17, 18 times a day. <laughs> That'll get it done. And I go over there, and she'd take one look at me and get out the lotion and put it on my hands. Well, you know? so, well see, that was nice. But that was very, yeah. Very nice. So I experienced kind of the same thing. I, I but the, I, do you think that would happen today? where literally four or five different families stepped up and said, hey, your dad's gone, so mm-hmm. we're going to help you out, Tom. You think that had happened today? Probably not, because I can't see you having four or five friends. No, that's, I'm not talking about me specifically. <laughs> I was talking about... I think, I think it, it's possible. You know, I, I hope so. You know, I, uh, I, had, I did have, but I had the same thing. I had friends whose, whose parents were, were really outstanding, and, and that, that helped a lot. I remember I was 11 years old, and Andy Fisher's father, Andy Fisher Jr., because Andy Fisher was the third, we were sitting at the breakfast table. I was 11 years old, and Mr. Fisher said, Tommy, I want to ask you a question. I said, yes, sir. He put a box of bugles. Remember bugles, a little oh, of course, yeah. cracker-looking sure, the, things or yeah, whatever? the little yellow. They look like long. You could put them on your fingernails and look like long witch <laughs> yes, fingers. Yes, that's the one right there. And he said, why did they do that, Tom? said, now, there's a marketing end to it, the bugles and all that. But why did they really do that? Mm-hmm. And I looked at it, because I'd never seen them before. Yeah. I looked at the box, I took a couple out, and I said, volume. He goes, what do you mean, volume? I said, there's much less product for the same price. They make a lot of money with this, mm-hmm. because the wide end of the bugles takes up all sure, the room. Sure, sure. Yeah. So they make a lot more money. And he said, that's exactly right. I will never forget that lesson with him. And, you know, to this day, you... Uh... You've always uh, done very well in the marketing industry. Yeah, I've done okay in the marketing industry. Yeah, that's, so that could be very, that could be part of it. That could have been. I was taught about marketing <laughs> by by Andrew Fisher uh, Jr. No, yeah. Hey, look, I mean, that's what I'm. I guess I just would like to see the, those days return where people actually did care about one another more than they do now. And I and you know I I talk a lot about ethnicity. Um, yeah. But I do want to make it clear, my, my best friend as a kid was, uh, was the son of a, I always say he was the son of a minister and, and a minister's wife, because they both have full-time jobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, it's not easy being a minister's wife. At least it wasn't I in those days. not. Methodist, Methodist minister, very, very stoic, you know, Yeah. but very kind. Yeah. Well, I'm, see, I'm glad to hear it. What is Methodist? That's, I know it's obviously a Protestant religion, but it, what, what's special about it? Ah. <sighs> You know, I used to know. Uh, I'm not quite sure now. All I know is that they're, uh, they tend to be, you know, uh, the, the I, w- I would say the stereotype is they could be a little bit doer, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not going around partying all the time. No, I can see that to be true. <laughs> Missouri Synod partying. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not going to happen. There's none, none of that going no. on. There's a headline I just looked at, and I want your guys' take on this whole thing, what this headline even means. I have not clicked on the story. Artificial intelligence can now translate chickens with 80% accuracy. Whoa, what are they saying? What does that mean? They can interpret the sounds they make? I guess, and what they're they're trying to communicate? Is that what they're trying to say? Do we want to know what they're saying? I highly doubt it. That's going to make things rough. But now can artificial intelligence uh, tell us what what people are saying? No. I think we're we're a ways away from that. (laughs) We've got a long way to go there. It's too much. Can't know that. Scientists from Japan say AI can help to understand what different chicken clucks mean with about 80% accuracy. This isn't specific words, of course. 
Well, of course they're not words. They don't speak. That's hilarious. They had to tell me there aren't any words. Yeah, oh, let's go over the chickens. Yeah, they don't talk. I'm glad they clarified that. I know yeah, with, with my great. chickens, I'm not worrying about the words. I'm worrying about their mood, their emotions. Absolutely. Their feelings. Because yes. chickens have feelings, too. They do. They just don't last very long. No, oh. they're always eating. That's if you think artificial intelligence taking your job is alarming, that's nothing uh, compared to this. AI can translate chicken speak. Scientists from Japan say AI can help to understand what different chicken clucks mean with about 80% accuracy. That's not whole sentences like yo, yo, yo. The living conditions out here are really sub, uh, substandard, man. <laughs> Whatever that means. Aren't you so glad <clears throat> yeah. you wrote that? It sound, uh, used the sound of their vocalizations to determine distinct emotional states, including hunger, fear, anger, contentment, excitement, and distress. Yeah, I can see how you could do mm -hmm. that, all those things. Now, that sounds like my cat. That would be the full spectrum of my cat's emotions. That would be the whole deal. Yeah, I suppose it would be. That's it only true. takes like 10 minutes to go through that. Obviously, insight like this could be very beneficial in the care of animals, allowing us to know what stresses them out without having to guess. It's worth pointing out that this research is in its very early stages, and the study was spearheaded by a Tokyo professor named Adrian David Check, uh, who's better known for his sex robot research. Well, good for him. Mm. This guy has got a life, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. This guy's got a life. And funding up the <laughs> yeah. man alive. That'd be a lot of fun. Well, you know, it's interesting that, that this is happening. This, this this is in Japan that they're doing this. Yes, sir. Because, you know, I I, I think I talked about this once, but the, the Japanese people, it you know, are, Japan is where we get our chicken sexers. Chicken sexers, yeah. It's it's, it's for some reason it's a, it's a, it's an art that's been passed down in Japan from generation to generation. So if, if you go to say Marshall, Minnesota, which is the I think the poultry capital of Minnesota, I think that's right. Tucked yeah. away there in Southwest. I think you're right about that corner. Yeah, um, you you go into a farm there, and you may well find a, a, a Japanese dude or woman sexing chickens. Now I realize really? a lot of people don't know what that means, but it just means that they're they're instantly able to figure out the gender of, yes. of the chicken. Yes. Which, like, people you think would be very obvious, but that kind of stuff is hard. That's right. You know how many friends I have who found out their cat was a completely different sex and they've been calling it for, like, years when they brought it into the vet? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I can see it. So I can't even imagine the intricacies of the chicken. Well, the, the and that's right because, you know, a lot of people, I, say, I talk about that and they say, well, come on. I mean, you know, they either got the penis or they don't. No, it, it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. You can't no, see them. It, right. The way the chicken sexers determine the gender is, is through coloring in the anus. I didn't know that. That's true. I'm going to look at the coloring in my anus tonight when I get <laughs> you home. You know what? Me too. I was going to do <laughs> some different time. homework, but I'm going to really concentrate on that. Yep. You know what? I'm going to actually loop the family in. I'm going to have Justin check out the coloring of my anus. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to look at my own anus. No. I, gotta, I just have no interest. You want to in keep some mystery in your life. Mystery. That's what I'm looking for is mystery. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. I can't even imagine if I was in the bathroom looking at the mirror, looking up my butt, and Catherine walked in. That'd be, what the <laughs> hell do you are think you doing? That would like, do you think that would, she, you've got so many quirks and things. What? Do you think that would even, like, register in her mind? Quirks. She'd go, all right, Tom, tell me when you're ready for dinner. I don't know. It could be where <laughs> she draws the line. We'll never know. That could be. What quirks? I, I, will I don't have not, any quirks. I will not get involved in this conversation. Shut up.
Shut up! I'm talking to you. I, I think it'd be I think it'd be it would be better to refer to them as eccentricities. Yes. You know that's that's what Lauren Bolbert said. At all. Or how you twinkle. What? How you twinkle? How you shine? What's, What's your unicorn you? thing? What are you talking about? Like instead of saying your quirks, I've been trying to like rebrand it. You know, we're talking about rebranding all day. I don't have any quirks? None. None. I treat everybody <laughs> he stares me down after. <laughs> totally normal. It's like when I say I'm pretty much a teen mom, and everyone gets silent, and I stare around and go, "What? Yeah, huh? Yeah, Aren't right. I pretty much a yeah. teen mom? Teen Look mom. at me. Well, you only missed by about twenty years. About twenty that. years. I'm just like a teen mom. Don't worry about a thing. I don't know. What do you got? What, what quirk? I'm Name not... one quirk. Oh, now. boy, you opened up the can of worms One second. Here. Oh, I have an emergency phone call. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. see. She's Hospital? lying. Justin? Well, I'll be right there to save my not job. Like, is get the hell away from me? Is that a quirk? I think that can be added to your list okay, of quirks. Because I do have that. Get the hell away from me. Listen, You're being annoying. Just, just to say it in a nice way, Catherine's a saint. <laughs> Catherine is a saint. I'm not even going to deny that. It's just not going to happen. Because, you know... She's there for me. She's there for you. And not everybody <laughs> yeah. could do that job. Am I right? No, you might be right my, about that. My wife was always a saint, but when she came marching in, I went marching out. Mm, yeah. That's a good reference. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll work on my quirkiness. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. But, like, no, you can't. You can't change now. Oh, you you're, can't? You're 61, right? You're only 61 years that's old? That's my IQ. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a number of points we've lost in the last decade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're, you guys have figured out your dynamic. I don't think there's much changing at this point. Well, I've changed quite a bit. I actually you? do I think am. you're pretty open to change. Yeah, I'm very open to change. I'm, I'm no too. Quarters, that. nickels, dimes. Any, any currency. I've <laughs> never, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen a, a coin that Gelfan won't pick up. That's oh, pennies well. I draw the line. Uh, I have been missing. I've been missing a penny. I used to have 12 cents here, so I have been questioning everybody. Mm-hmm. I did start aggressively with Tevin, which seems problematic uh, yeah. in retrospect. It's but interesting. When you look at she blames it on either a Jew or a black guy. That's in my nice. defense, who else do you that's want me to? That's and, real and, nice. And I will tell you this. This is a true story. Yeah. I've, I've never mentioned this in all the years, but now I have to mention Fine. it. Fine. I once gave her a precious coin. You did? It was a silver dollar that was probably worth like a, a dollar and two pennies. At Damn least. it. It may be worth a dollar and three pennies now. Now, yes. In this economy? In this economy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yes. And she, uh, she lost it. Uh, I did lose it. You I also, lost the coin. I got you a cat condo once. That's right. That's so cool. I think we've broke you. I think I've spent the money that I've lost for you. <laughs> Well, so. I wasn't really counting, so. I have been. Glad, I've got I'm a tab going. <laughs> I actually had to really think of something I had uh, purchased for you. That's the only thing I could think of when you retired. I got you a cat but, condo. Well, hey, listen, I've given you some tremendously quirky and inappropriate gifts over the years. Yeah, she got me the thickest nightgown you could possibly get when I got married. <laughs> Just wool? It was literally wool. And there, well, there was a reason that I gave you but that. I don't even like going into the reasoning. No, I'm not going to go into the reasoning. But it literally, Why not? It's like flannel that was this thick. Like mm-hmm. you put it on and like if anyone even tried to get near me, they could break a limb trying to interfere with but, the but material. But see, bringing that up, you know, I almost have to mention the context. Yeah, I think you do. Um so, uh, like, oh, I don't know. You, you should mention it. I, it'll, it'll look crass well, if I say it. If, well, it was, what, this was the, the concept that Justin gets disgusted when I jump in my, like, 
because it is outside my day clothes. And if I get in our bed at all, he gets really grossed out by it. If she's still wearing the... Is if I'm still wearing the oh. clothes. And yeah. Gelfan resonated with that shockingly. The guy who's disgusted <laughs> by germs was like, he is right. You are disgusting. <laughs> I did not Your husband that. is 100% correct. Well, that I said, yes. Yeah, you... Uh, should... I didn't say it was disgusting. I just said, yeah, he, he's right. I could see the disgust on his face. Oh, <laughs> when he knew that I would be in full, you know, he goes, well, Brittany, do you take the bus sometimes? And you sit here and there. Oh, God. All these things that I was just gay, bringing into our bed because sometimes I'll take a nap in the middle of the day. Mm. So he buys me this giant, like, over, <laughs> like, it's like a nightgown that goes to the floor yep, yep. of, mm-hmm. like, classic flannel that you can't even, like, bend for my wedding. And so, look, we received <laughs> oh, it. That. And it, I was getting all these, you know, from my girlfriends, these, like, lingerie things. And then we get this, this <laughs> like, Land's End flannel to the floor, neck high from Gelfan. Yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna like, you know, give you some sexy lingerie, so. And yeah. because of you, you know how long, it took us, what, three years to have Go-Go? Because I probably, <laughs> probably ruined any sort of, you the know, mood. reproductive mood ever. Well, the mood was gone. God, I'd put that thing on and it was like. <sighs> well, I, I mean, I, I, I never suggested it was for all occasions. Yeah. You should have had it on the registry. Are you kidding? That's a good point. That's on you. That's that's on me. Good well, point. What, a registry? What's that? I know. Well, the wedding gift registry. Gelfan's the classic one to say, I think I can go off the registry. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, I know you very well. You know so... me very well. You don't want that waffle maker. You don't want that. <laughs> no. I got you. Yep. Something more practical. I, I'm, I'm really torn. I, I'm supposed to go to a wedding, and I want to go to the wedding. When is it? But well, it's uh, it's a few hours from now. And, anybody uh, related to you? Oh yeah, well yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a relative. Well, it's yeah, it's a re- it's a relative for marriage kind of thing, you know. Whoa. But yes, but they yes yes. It's, Are you married on a Thursday? It's it's a and uh, well, I I imagine Friday and Saturday were taken. So mm. what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, I think it's just smart, you know. But um, I don't know, I you know like I. This COVID thing, I you know, I realize most people believe that COVID doesn't exist anymore. Well, how is everybody getting sick then? Uh, from COVID. But why do they think it doesn't exist? It was invented basically in the. There's no question it came from the Wuhan lab. Is there any question in anybody's mind about that? Well, I think the, I think it's it, yes. There, it, it, we know that. Um, mm-hmm. But but then of course people go to the conspiracy theory. You know about who designed it and who's the victim and all that. Oh yeah, there's no question about that. You They'll know. all lie about that. Yeah, the, because everybody wants to twist it into something that proves that they're right about some hateful thing. But yes, it was from the lab. I agree with that. Well, I've got I I got COVID twice. Yeah, I've been vaccinated. I think vaccinated three times, boosted twice. Mm. I still got it twice. Well, the vaccine did nothing. Well, I know one time you were surrounded in, in close contact with with a lot of people. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, that, that whole situation, when I told one, yeah. when she spit in my face. Yes, yeah, you're going to, I mean, you know, there's not a booster in the world that's yeah. going to stop that. So I, I like, and I literally, because I kept telling her she was drunk. Oh, yeah. I kept telling her, you need to back up. You're yeah. right. I mean, she was literally right in my face. Yeah. I said, now's not the time. COVID's out there. You're way too close. Yeah. And she kept getting, you know, come right back. She'd be close again. And the third time she got really close coughed and spit in my face uh, yeah, yeah. and i said this to her would you please back the f up yeah and it was reported to management 
that I just went after her and buried her. And he was just horrible. How could to her. you? How could he do that? And of course, five days later, I got COVID. Yeah. Well, remember, so, but I was still the bad guy. Remember, I'm that. I'm the guy who saw the massaging nun who was 98 years old. That's right. Approach me at a Saints game. Yep. And the exact words I spoke were, "Don't touch me, sister." No, oh, I like yeah. it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, I would just. I mean, I think I think it's okay to have these boundaries. I think it's okay. Like, get out of my face if you're going to be drunk. I don't give. I don't care. I also feel like people. What do you mean are, you don't care about what? That you said that. No, of course not. Why would you? No, it was the right thing to say. You spit in my face during COVID. The only the only difference between you and me is I would have wrapped myself in saran wrap. Yeah, I, that's probably my my fault. You're right. Uh, yeah. I but like been saran wrapped. You, I, I mean, here's the thing. I think we live in a world where you have to be an adult. Um, I have told you to go f yourself today. You have told me that. Yeah, um, it's true. Every day, though. We've somehow survived it. So if somebody was said, get out of my face, and they threw the F word somewhere in there, and it was during co- I don't think I'd have, I don't think I'd have a big enough problem with it. I wouldn't either A, address it, or they, that I would bring it up to a different person. Like that to me, I go, how old are you? You're fine. You're fine. You can get told that, and you're fine. Oh, no, that, it, it was all political. That whole thing was that it only got brought to shithole central yeah. because it got political. Well, yeah, and now, yeah, that's right. Now you you have to you have to show your your fidelity to a certain to a certain political party or a certain spectrum of thought. And, oh yeah, yep. uh, you know, and and it's just it's like what what would happen today if there was a polio epidemic? Oh, you, God. You'd have twenty five percent of the public who would not get vaccinated because you know yeah, it's true. it's I'm not doing that. That's a government thing, and you know, and yeah. then a lot of people would be paralyzed and die. And, mm-hmm. and thank God it wasn't that way in 1950. But the problem we have is we're constantly being lied to by the national news, by the politicians, mm-hmm. by big business. People are sick to death of being lied to. Well, and people get what they call news, like from, yeah, from yeah. Instagram. I know. And so that, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I know. It's that's terrible. Why, that's why we don't need artificial intelligence, because we have genuine stupidity. We have genuine stupidity. There's no question about it. Suppose we better take a break here because pass is coming up in about 10, Ooh, 15 minutes. All right. Somewhere in there in any case. Take a break. Be right back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tommy B. For our friends at Niemeyer Trailer Sales, they have been a part of Minnesota since 1965. The name says it all. They are family. If you want to take your passion on the road and make memories camping wherever you want, no motors but pulled trailer RVs, go to Niemeyer Trailer Sales. Father Jim Sr. started the business, and the brother and sister team, Tim and Lisa, handle Albertville with Jim Jr. at the helm, of course, in Elko Newmarket. They're the best name in non-motorized RVs with great deals on the best brands like Rockwood and Northwood. Niemeyer Trailer Sales truly outservices their competition with personable employees, often sons and daughters of this third-generation family-owned business. They simply want to do what they say they will do, and they do what they say they will do every time because their name is on the building. And with a huge selection and RV service professionals standing by, you will leave satisfied no matter what you're looking for. Niemeyer takes care of every memory maker. And of course, I mean customers that come in their Albertville or Elko Newmarket location. Head to N-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-S.com. Put your passion on the road. Niemeyer Trailer Sales. 
The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. Dougie, how's life in Baldwin? I love it, though it's a bit hard to find a half-calf, decaf, heavy foam. I'll give you some heavy foam. Yeah, that's what he said. Anyway, I just came back from the National Ford meeting and got to hear Bill Ford, Henry's grandson, and Jim Farley, who's the CEO, talk about the future of the company. It was really interesting, and I learned some cool stuff. Read this. Ford builds more vehicles in the USA than any other brand. Huh? I thought it would have been Tesla. Not even close. Keep reading. Ford outsold Toyota in 2022 and is on track to do it again. I didn't know that either. Probably these commercials. Yeah, sure, pal. Ford has successfully partnered with the UAW and hasn't suffered a strike in over 40 years. Ford also has the largest number of assembly workers in the United States. You know, Tom, I've really fallen in love with the product. From the electrics to the super duties, thanks to you, a lot of people have reached out to put Ford on their list. If you want to talk cars in general or Ford specifically, reach out to me at Doug at FlagshipFord.com. FlagshipFord.com. Find the brands, inspiration, and great value you need to own your style at Macy's VIP Sale. Going on now. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall trends and updates. Plus 15% off go-to beauty, skincare, and fragrances. Plus shop specials and find great deals on top brands at Macy's VIP Sale. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. I'm so happy to welcome back our longtime friends, Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, to the show. I've known Steve, the owner, for many years, and I completely trust Sabre to keep my house comfortable. Why? Sabre does everything the right way, and they always put the customer first. I love the team at Sabre because their service experts are experienced NATE certified technicians, not salespeople. Their pricing is completely upfront, and they fix only what needs to be fixed, nothing more. Sabre is dedicated to giving customers what they need when they need it, at the fair price, keeping your family safe and comfortable without breaking the bank. Give Sabre Heating and Air Conditioning a try. I know they'll take care of you just like they've taken care of me and my family. Whether you need a new Bryant furnace or air conditioner replaced or just simply need a service call to get you going again, go to SabreHeating.com. That's S-A-B-R-E Heating.com. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Fall arrives at 1.50 in the morning on Saturday, so we're, Jesus, we're less than 48 hours away, baby. Oh, boy. Summer's almost over. So today, warm again, mostly sunny with a high of 84. Tonight, clear, low of 60. Friday, increasing clouds, maybe a few showers, but during the night, 78 on Friday. The Saturday, mainly cloudy, scattered showers and thunderstorms, 75. And Sunday, cooler with scattered showers and thunderstorms, a high of 69. So today, tomorrow look really, really nice. Maybe some showers tomorrow night, but 
We shall see. It is sunny and 68 right now. Pretty very, very beautiful day. It's a perfect morning. Oh, we sat out last night and watched uh, Fawny, my my granddaughter's soccer game. It Mm -hmm. was spectacularly beautiful. God, it was a beautiful night. No Uh, question about it. It's, uh, I, I walk by a the park and i see these kids you know running around just randomly oh yeah playing soccer oh, everyone's yeah. having a great time they did they do yeah they're all just running around <laughs> and, and then once in a while you'll see whether it's my five-year-old grandson or my seven-year-old granddaughter they're playing soccer and you look out there and all of a sudden the ball's down the down the pitch and they're just smoozing with their buddy <laughs> sure they're just in there schmoozing up a storm. It's oh, yeah. I it's love like, that. Okay. And then there's the kid doing gymnastics in the corner. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, coach, it's a great time. I coach kids, you know, from T-ball to Little League to Babe Ruth. But there's no doubt that I would always go back to T-ball if I could. Oh, T-ball's great. Because the kids are having yep. a great time. Yep. And, you know, and everybody's after the game, every kid, every kid on each team starts screaming that they won. Oh yeah, they're not oh, keeping yeah. score, but they, but yeah, they won. They definitely won. And, and they have to be a winner. Yeah, I had a kid. I had a kid on uh, one of my little league teams, and uh, the kid had a, a significant ADHD issue, oh, sure. and and also kind of an anger issue. I say that because his yeah. parents kicked him out of the house. At what age? Uh, it was uh, eleven. Oh jeez! Yeah. Holy Christ! Yeah, he went to live with uh, with uh, some relatives because his parents couldn't take it anymore. Unbelievable! And so this kid, I mean, he's like he's he would, you know, he would hit hit a hit a he'd always he'd always hit the ball at fall because he got in front of it because he just couldn't oh, wait yeah. to swing right. Yep, yep. So one day he hits a shot and it's fall down the third baseline, fall wide of third, and the umpire says fall ball, and the kids what the and. Uh, well, you know that wasn't a that was a and he's just screaming. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, throwing out the f word and everything else, and so uh, then it was it was around then that he went to live with the relatives and and they got him on Adderall, so it was the first okay. time he ever had anything controlling the the ADHD, and uh, the the day that the the day when I first saw him under medication it was it was a. It was just a, a practice, and he comes up to me, and he puts his arm around my shoulder. You know, he's about half a foot smaller. <laughs> puts his arm around my shoulder, and he says, Mike, don't you think you're taking this winning thing a little bit too seriously? And how old is he? <laughs> he, was, uh, he was 11, I think. And you were how old? 10 or 11. I was, uh, what, uh, 40. And he's telling you to take it easy. Yeah, this is a kid, this is a kid who was ready to attack the umpire three days earlier. <laughs> I love people. And I, I just looked at him like, what, what? What? And so what happened was we we got through the season. It was it was late in the season. And the problem was he went from being a, a really good hitter to not being able to hit the ball because he was too slow then. Oh, yeah. He couldn't get around yep. it. So we were, we were going out playing a tournament game. And uh, I uh, and I I, I put, took his, uh, his aunt aside and I said uh, – or his cousin, whoever it was, and I said, you know, I'm really worried about, um, I'll say, uh, Jimmy, because, um, you know, he's, I think he could get hit by a really fast pitch sure. because he can't react. I said, could you just take him off the medication for like, you know, 24 hours? It's all it would take. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, well, uh, all right, I guess. For I this game? Well, see, that or he couldn't play. I mean. The- yes, exactly for the game. That's exactly right. <laughs> And then he could go back on it. 
I mean, it seems seems That's sort fine. of okay seems to me. Seems insane right. to me. Well, uh, everybody seemed to think it was a, a fair thing, and and I, it wasn't it wasn't so that we could win the game. It was it nothing to do with that. We were going to win anyway. Right. I didn't want the kid to get hurt, and you know, and and so I thought it was the best thing. So we uh, three a few days later, my my uh, assistant coach, my co coach, really, and I. We're standing out, uh, kind of, you know, going through the lineup and things. And the kids were taking batting practice. Mm-hmm. A parent was t- was uh, was pitching to him, and uh, then the worst kid on the team gets up to to take batting practice, and he couldn't hit the ball at all. Yeah. And so, and then all of a sudden we hear this shrieking, and it's uh, it's Jimmy, and he's and he's shouting. He says, "Get that!" Son of a bitch bastard out of there. He's going to effing kill us. Oh, my God. And 11 years old. Yeah, and I, I just my, and, and my assistant coach, my co-coach, and I at the very same time looked at each other and said, he's back. He's back. Mm-hmm. No problem. And I that... think he, he got a two or three hits in that game. Get him back on that meds immediately. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Well, they were waiting for him. With yeah, a, with a little cup. All, all the other kids got icy pops. Yeah. He, he, got, he got Adderall. Yep. And that boy's name is Jeff Passolt. All these years later, <laughs> what's that, Pass? Yeah. Well, you know, gee, I wonder where that kid learned that kind of language playing for stretch. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, kids, I want you to get out there and fucking kill those bastards. <laughs> yeah, you know what? They thought Jerry Burns was something. <laughs> oh, God, think about it. No icy pop for you. You went oh, 0 for 4. When did the icy pop thing come in? We never got the icy pop after Little League games or the, the an orange. I remember in the beginning, at first it was oranges or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then it turned into icy pops. Then all the parents are trying to outdo each other. Well, the icy pops, they, they, they became very popular because you could buy a case of like 84 of them at Costco for 10 cents. <laughs> 84. <laughs> nice. Hey, I, I know because uh, it was panic mode up here at the cabin uh, Labor Day weekend because the grandkids wanted Icy Pops, and I couldn't find them anywhere. Yeah. I had to go with the old-fashioned Popsicle. Oh, oh, well, that's, a, yeah. that's a big treat. Yeah, I know. But uh, they want the icy pop. They like holding onto the plastic. Yeah, the plastic all over yeah. their hands. Yeah. yeah, and squeezing the thing up, and it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. There's there's some sort of Freudian aspect to that. I suppose I'm not getting into it. But... <laughs> I, I, I thought the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the same thing as soon as you uttered those words. So, <laughs> so pass. Uh, the Twins could win the division today without even playing a game. Yeah, well, uh, they could because. Uh, Cleveland stinks. They obviously have given up yeah, after losing yep. to the Royals last night. Uh, and either way, I say the Twins will clinch this thing. It'll be sometime today because they have their best pitcher in Lopez on the mound tonight against the Angels out west. So. I thought they had the day off today. Oh, well, then it's tomorrow. Do they wrong. have the day off today? Or... But all I the thought it was right away. They... It's got to be because it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. They must have a game today because I was told. I'm almost sure. I think yeah. so. But AJ's some, checking it out. Sometimes Thursday is a travel day. The, yeah, the, the, the yeah twi- it is. The Twins are off today. They play tomorrow okay. against the Angels at 7-10. So, My yeah. mistake. I checked the schedule and I didn't even bother looking at the day. All right. Let's face it. You don't give a damn about sports. Yeah, way to go, mm-hmm. Jeff. 
Only Little League. Just like you. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole deal. <laughs> you, you were never a Little League coach, were you? No, I was not. Or I a softball coach? I uh, coached T-ball. Yeah. And then that was about it. And the reason I wasn't is working nights. You could never be at the practices oh, or yeah. anything. Yeah. You know? Well, your brother, so, your brother coached for both of you. Uh, yeah, uh, my uh, brother Dave coached yeah. uh, Little League Baseball uh, with his son Shay over there. Uh, and you were coaching at the same time, weren't you, Mike? Yeah, yeah. I think the first game I ever coached, your brother just, just d- destroyed my team. <laughs> he laughed. Let me guess. He had the kids running like crazy. Oh, my God. He, oh. he had all this he special loved- equipment, workout equipment that he designed and made himself. <laughs> 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 He was great. He was, he was, uh, he he was a good ball player, and he taught us how to play baseball yeah. too. Boy, he was good. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I, 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 you know, it's one of those things you look back and you wish you could have coached. Uh, and then you know, my daughter, my daughters ended up being tennis players, mm-hmm. and I know competitiveness. I, I uh, played a little tennis, but I didn't know the the nuances, and so I tried my best to stay out of the way. Unless they weren't trying, that's what always drove me nuts. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't want to hear I can't. I want to hear I tried. That's what I'd always say. Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's how you learn. Uh, the great thing about coaching is that, to me, the most the most significant thing is that kids get better if they keep playing. They get better, yeah. and that that's a great right. lesson for kids of any age. That if they just stick to it, they'll get better at anything. Well, yeah, and it's about repetition. You know, it uh, it uh, yep. develops it's uh, develops consistency, and, and that's, that yeah. leads to some success. Repetition, so. and that's why the St. Louis Park tennis team always got demolished by the Edina team because the Edina team, those <laughs> kids started they they were getting lessons at the country club at the age of three. Well, you're right <laughs> and about my that. kids picked up a racket when they were twelve for the first right, time. Parents right. took them to Costco and they bought a twelve dollar racket, yep. and then they would sure. get annihilated. But you know. They still got better, though. They they did. Yep, there were some good. I I went to school with some good players. In fact, we had a state doubles champ when I was I don't know a sophomore in high school, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bruce Edwards and Marty Lesnaraz, I think it was his last name. Yes, Lesnaraz. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm almost sure that's what. I, I believe was. you. It's just so funny. Yes, yeah. Lesnaraz. That's a Jewish uh, name, uh, I think. Isn't yes, it? I believe uh, it was. Yeah. And Laz is yeah. Americanized. It was Lazarus to begin with. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Edwards was a fine hockey player. Uh, and he's in the St. Louis Park Hall of Fame, but he's also in the Gustavus Hall of Fame. He was an All-American hockey and tennis player down there. Well, are you uh, are you in the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame? Where? Well, from from high school. Yeah, I'm in the Park Hall of Fame. Huh? Yeah. Do they have uh, something in the trophy case? They're running case? out of people. <laughs> I don't know what they have in the school. I just know that uh, I was emceeing the banquet for a number of years, but now it's kind of changed hands and They've got diff- different people uh, running it, but uh, yeah, uh, my, uh, me and my uh, brother John are in that mm-hmm. uh, Hall of Fame. So, John is the one who was deserving. He, uh, when he played high school hockey, he was second in the state in scoring behind Neil Broughton oh. by one or two points. So yeah. now, now, is it true that St. Louis Park? Um, gave you 
as a tribute to your skills in hockey, they actually gave you the penalty box after your career was over? <laughs> oh, they should. Well, that was up to St. Cloud. <laughs> you know, I'll take that stupid thing to my grave, that's for sure. <laughs> so what did yeah. you usually get penalized for? Well, no, this was all in one game. It was just one game? <laughs> yeah, I, I set the record for the most penalty minutes in one game. Oh, I see. Well, how many uh, minutes was it? It'll never. 34. It'll no, never Ken, that's broken. impossible. <laughs> 34. <laughs> how did you manage that? Misconducts. Mm-hmm. Then I got a 10-minute misconduct, another 10-minute misconduct. <laughs> it was see, a bad it was a bad scenario. See, you're still not coming clean with this, though. Oh. No. What kind I, I, of misconduct? What did you do? Well, okay, quickly, I got checked from behind after the whistle mm-hmm. and smashed my nose, okay? Oh. oh and you, and so, that's bad. bloody nose, I get up and I uh, kind of stick the guy that ran me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what you do, you know. You give him a shove. and Well, the ref comes in and says, all right, two minutes for you for... Uh, you know, cross-checking or something. Mm-hmm. I go, two minutes for me? And uh, <laughs> I'm bleeding, and so the blood's kind of coming out as I'm talking of spitting, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ref goes back off or something. I, and then I went into the – I sounded like uh, you as a little league coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I rattled off a bunch of Effenheimers to the ref, and so he said, all right, you got ten. I said, I got I might have a broken nose here, blah, 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 blah. And you're not giving them a penalty? And he said, no, I'm not. So then I went ballistic again. <laughs> I think and, that's appropriate. Uh, yeah, so I ended up with uh, two two-minute minors, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the uh, the stick uh, offense, and then uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah. And then I ended up with uh, three major misconducts. So... <laughs> That was it. I, and I, I see nothing wrong at, with any of that. I, I think it was all at about 19 seconds of the first period, and we're playing an important game at Bemidji, and my teammates still went on and won the game. So, You know, that, that guy who attacked you, checked you from behind, he could have destroyed your entire television career. I know. You know, but uh, tell that to the ref, would you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've told yeah. a lot of things to, to umpires. <clears throat> Yeah, so speaking of uh, hockey, uh, I was really sad to see the passing of Henry Boucher. I know. Oh, yeah. That was a nice Minnesota nice legend. Oh, he was, <clears throat> what a wonderful guy. I mean, I was at the State Fair, you know, every single year, and here'd come Henry and hang out, want to talk a little hockey, and then he was promoting his the, the book, Autobiography, and uh, the late, he was trying to, to get somebody uh, interested in making it a film because it's a fabulous story. Mm-hmm. You know, a kid who grew up learning how to skate under the moonlight uh, on the, uh, the river up north in War Road, uh, and all of the he overcame. And then, you know, he had all of this glory <clears throat> through the high school thing. The whole state held its breath when he got hurt watching the state tournament. Yeah. Uh, it began, it started the David versus Goliath thing mm-hmm. with the tournaments because they were playing Edina, mm-hmm. Small War Road, right? Oh, everybody loved but, that, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, he went on from there to be an Olympian and win a silver medal in 1972. He went on to a pro career, which ended sadly when Boston's Dave Forbes <sighs> stuck him in the eye. Oh, I remember better. that vividly. 
Yeah, it was just awful. If you see the video, it's just, I mean, Forbes, I think they considered pressing charges. Yeah, I remember Forbes. that. They I did. They... I don't, I think they may have. Uh, he ended Henry's career, and he ended a dream that so many kids hold, but this guy that overcame so much. And then, of course, you know, you don't blame Henry. His his life spiraled into just the worst of the worst you know mm-hmm. he had his he had his demons that's for sure but he but he conquered those near the end and god he was a nice guy soft spoken yeah so a real shame and condolences to anybody who knew him or his family friends pat pass on i mean you were part of the reason for this whole deal that i got to know a lot of the old minnesota north stars where the end of that run they had here uh i couldn't find one asshole in the bunch. They were all very nice people, I thought. Yeah, I saw, you know, uh, not long ago we lost uh, Brad Maxwell, too. Yeah. Another yep. great guy, Maxie. Maxie, yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I when I, I was covering baseball, and uh, so in one uh, baseball season was over, and I covered one hockey game. Now I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know anything about hockey. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, where did the puck go? I can't, I can't, yeah. I don't, I don't see yeah, it. Where the puck went. And so I, uh, but going into the locker room after the game, it was just a, for me, it was such a bizarre experience because all these guys were friendly and wanted to talk. Yeah, no, well, that's exactly right. I, you know, I did not yeah. see that, at tw- and and it wasn't just my terrible personality. In the, you know, it wasn't just me. It was Part baseball that. players. Generally speaking, were not that eager to talk. No, not back in the day. I they I liked think, to talk to me a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it way. was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Part of that is though they have to face the media. You know what? 162 regular season games you got. Yeah. So after every single game, hockey guys, you know, you, you get uh, what 82 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, if you're uh, at home, you're seeing pretty much the same media. And nobody else. There isn't the national media. There aren't the visiting media as much. Yeah. So it might have to do with. Oh God! I got to do this again, kind of feeling. But I do recall in the baseball locker room, there were certain guys you know they were going to be back, uh, especially if they had a bad game. They're going to be back in the in the in the dining room yeah. of the locker room, and they're not coming out. So guy, you didn't even bother waiting. Baseball player uh, who I covered, who I liked the most, was Mike Marshall. Great, oh yeah, great Mike pitcher. Marshall. God, and yeah. Mike. Mike was not shy. <clears throat> Mike, no, he loved talking to the media. Yep, and uh, and he was you know he was the closest thing I had to a friend on the team because you know you don't want to be friends with these guys. Right, right. But but I I couldn't help it. I just liked the guy. So my my favorite my favorite Mike Marshall moment. Uh, I, I was I was covering a game the Twins. I don't remember the Twins. It was probably like in September, so they were out of everything. But. Um, Gene Mock sent uh, this kid, Mike Edwards, into the game. He, he was a guy who, who was like a platoon guy who occasionally pinch hit, you know, the 25th guy on the team. Mm-hmm. He starts the game. He hits two home runs, wins the game for the Twins. It's the great, you know, everybody wants to, after, after the game, everyone's going to write about Mike, about, about Edwards. He's right. the story. Right. So there's, there's, you know, like, it's almost a gaggle, the closest thing to a gaggle. Uh, in at at uh, at a Twins game, so there's like seven or eight reporters who want to talk to him after the game, and he's just Edwards. He's just you know this is his big moment. We're all gathered around, 
And uh, it, it happened that in the ninth inning, Mike Marshall came in to get the save and gave up like, like two vicious line drives that were caught by the center fielder with his back against the wall. <laughs> Just screaming line drives. So anyway, we're, we're all talking, asking questions of Edwards. Marshall walks by. He's on the way to the shower. Walks by, and uh, he looks at us all, and he says, I'll be with you gentlemen in a moment. I know. I love that story. <laughs> I love that story. I'll be with you gentlemen in a moment. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, man. Yeah. He, was a, yeah. he, he was a fun guy to be around. Well, you know, uh, if you could have been in the locker room when uh, Herbie and uh, Kirby and Burt Blylevin oh, were in God. the locker room after oh. games, uh, there are stories I could tell. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, the uh, it, it'd go on forever. The way they'd set up these reporters. And, oh yeah. Uh, oh my God! But it was it, it, each one got better. It was just uh, crazy and uh, outlandish. Uh, yet it kept uh, things loose. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It, it was almost like a. It was almost like a sign of endearment if they were picking on you. Well, I, I worked with Bylevin a little bit when I was when I was doing stuff for. Um, what was then, uh, I don't know if it had become Sports North or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, MS, I think it was MSN. Yeah. Originally, it was Midwest Sports Channel, which is what yeah, we're, we're right. stretch, we had the Stretch and Z show. Right. And then it, yeah. came, right. it became whatever it became afterwards. So I did a, I did a bit with, with Y11. What's that? Spectrum Sports. Oh, God, I, don't, was? I can't remember. I thought it was MSN after that, Minnesota Sports Network. But it, go ahead. It could have been. I, I don't even because it had, went through about five permutations. It did, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I did this bit with Bert, and he was he, he loved doing it. Where uh, where I was uh, he was I was teaching him about matzo ball soup, right? Oh. And, uh, and Bert's you know, he's slobbering the whole thing over. He's talking about how great it is. Yeah. And it was it was a very funny bit. And uh, they wouldn't run it. Why? Because they said it was anti-Semitic. Oh, it was anti-Semitic? Yeah. How? That's the stupid kind of stupid people, that, and Jeff will tell you this, that you occasionally have to work with in television. Yeah. Well, now it's everybody. They've never Everybody's... done anything. They've been behind the scenes, yet they're going to make all the sh- call yep. all the shots. Yep. Yeah. That's disgusting. <laughs> it was such a bummer, too, because I wish I had the, the video. Oh yeah, it's a shame you didn't save it. Yeah, it's a it's a shame that uh, that I I did spout a few obscenities at the producer. At Not time. you. Well, no. the thing was, he you know he would I'd, I'd email him. We'd talk about the twins, whatever, and uh, but every single email he ever sent me included the phrase Clinton crime family. And I said, I understand where you're coming from, <laughs> but you don't you know it's getting a little tiresome. But he yeah, couldn't, we're not couldn't... talking about that right now. <laughs> yeah, we're right? talking baseball, yeah. man. Baseball is the yeah. ultimate. It's it's the ultimate language of love, right? It's supposed to be. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Anyway, yeah, I get aroused when I see a line drive. Okay, is okay, that bad? Let me back up a little bit. <laughs> no, shift in my chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. but when you when you allow when you allow something to come between you and baseball. No, I know. You, I mean, that's no. when you need help. You're right. You're absolutely well, right. Stretch, what do you think? Uh, the Vikings get acres from the Rams. Oh, that should really help. <laughs> well, they have to do they have to do something to get their running game going. Yeah, well, or, now they now they'll have two running backs who can average three point four yards per carry. <laughs> well, they call him more of a power back. We'll see. Acres, really? 
Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's, that but, shows you what I know. All I knew is that you always wanted to avoid him like the plague in fantasy football. No, the, the, oh, that's yeah. the, but, you know, the thing is running running backs were have been considered to be basically non-starters in, in football. That's the, the latest trend the analytics say. It right. doesn't matter. You know, you, you throw the ball 70% of the time, maybe 60%, and the running backs, they're just they're fungible, right? Yeah, except you need a guy that can get you the guaranteed third and two. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say it again. The Packers have the Dylan guy. Yeah. That guy, he'll get it for you every time. He'll give you the, yeah, he'll, he'll get you the third and two, but he just won't get you the first and ten. And, um, but, but, but it's true they've been sort of demeaned. But you do need running backs. I, I think now they're very much undervalued. Well, yeah, you're right. There's a trend right now where they're not. All of a sudden, they're just not that big a deal for most teams. Yeah, and look at uh, look we'll at the Vikings. I mean, they got Cousins. He's like the leading passer. Yeah, know? I know. And yeah. and mm-hmm. and they're zero and two. So, and the reason is they don't run the ball. Well, right. yeah. I mean, do you think it was a mistake to let him go? Because he's he was fading too, though. Uh. Oh, you mean uh, Cook? Cook, yeah. Yeah, because he's been a complete bust with the Jets. Oh, has he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I guess it was time to go. I don't know. It's... Yeah, I, I, it, you know, those guys, all it takes is losing a little half step or something, and all of a sudden you can't get around the corner outside. And, yeah, so. And the Vikings' offensive line isn't going to help either. Well, that's another issue, and they've got the guys, uh, uh, Bradbury and Derisaw, uh, Last I checked, they were still hurting. So yeah, and the Vikings are that game this week was a pick, and I, I I've seen the Vikings now favored by a point. Yeah, I saw them plus one uh, uh, crawling across the screen last night when I was watching. Yeah, now there's there's a trend toward the Vikings. Now people think that they really? can't possibly go zero and three. And you wouldn't. Well, think, I gave the but... stat yesterday, Mike, that I saw an SI. No team has made the playoffs after an zero and three start since two thousand two. Yeah, the, well, if you go back to 1980 when the format changed, teams that are 0-3 have a 3.2% chance of getting into the playoffs. God, really? So, so that's, those aren't good odds. And that's like, no. that's like the, a base of like 190 teams out of all, the, all those teams. Right. Yeah. So, so that, oh. it's, it's over. So what you do when you're 0-3 is you just immediately tank. Works well, for that's, me. Yeah, sure. Then you start uh, you do the fire sale. Because right? teams are tanking earlier and earlier these days. Mm-hmm. It could yeah. happen. I hope not. I hope not. Because you know they uh, are very entertaining. Yeah, they you know they'll they'll, they'll uh, you know give you a, a reason to hang in there, but uh, they're also very frustrating. So. Well, that's <clears throat> that's the nature of uh, the Vikings. That's why you see you see a Viking fan who's like seventy years old and he's been cheering them on every year. Let's face it, they look like they're ninety. These fans, they're broken. They are indeed. <laughs> All, All right. right, boys, we gotta we gotta hit the road. Pass his final report tomorrow. No, oh, I love having yeah. you on, Jeff. This has been so it, fun. Well, thank you, Brittany. Uh, is Herbie uh, going to be on tomorrow? Yeah. Yep. Yep, he is. All oh, right. I gotta hear that. I look one. forward to that. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. Thanks, Pass.
All right, guys. Take talk it easy. You See you, Jeff. Jeff Passel, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Gelfan talking a little sports. We'll take a break. Be right back and wrap things up. You all have helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about my slippers, Giza Dream Sheets. The Giza Sheets are wonderful. My Pillow 2.0 and more, of course. Great news. The MyPillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. The proprietary technology makes them extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98. And for a limited time, you can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code TOM. That's a 50% savings. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code TOM to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. That is just $39.99 for a set. This deal will not last long. Enter promo code TOM for this special and many more. The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. Tom Bernard here for Power Lodge and Miller Marine as lake season throttles down. Trust the world's largest Bennington dealer, Miller Marine and Power Lodge, to protect your passion. Call today about Power Lodge Miller Marine's limited-time winterization specials. They're offering free storage with the purchase of a new boat. Get double the value if that new boat is a luxurious I said luxurious Bennington with unbeatable employee pricing stacked on top of rebates. This is the best time of the year to buy, and there's nothing wrong with fall water on the lakes with beautiful color-changing cruises. You know what I'm talking about. Need a power upgrade? They'll store that new motor for you, too. Prepare now and bundle up your boat for a worry-free launch next spring. Pontoon Passion starts at Miller Marine and Power Lodge. Free winter storage with the purchase of a new boat from my personal buddies at The Lodge and Miller Marine. Throttle therapy on and off the water at MillerMarine.com. And, of course, PowerLodge.com. Oh, and if you mention Tommy sent you from the Tom Bernard Morning Show, before the uh, summer is done, you'll receive total consciousness. So you got that going for you. Which is now at Staples, the prices of HP printers are dropping. Save on HP Smart Tank and enjoy even more savings on ink. Save on the HP Inkjet, perfect for high quality picks. Save on HP Laser Printers, great for tackling high volume document printing. Now through September 30th, save on Staples' entire selection of HP printers, some as low as $69.99. With HP printer price drops at Staples, now is the time to upgrade to HP, America's most trusted printer brand. See staples.com/hp for details. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Yeah, baby. Tom Bernard here. I'm Tom Bernard, and I don't care what you say about it. Your voice is too deep to be me. I'm Tom Bernard, (laughs) and I'm here to mess you up. Mess you up right here. Bitches. Bitches? Bitches and hoes get out of my way. Okay, I saw a headline. I have no idea what this means, and we only got about three minutes left in the show (laughs) to cover one story. Minnesota Supreme Court jury must decide truth of hashtag MeToo Facebook post. Do you know anything about this? No. No. I have no idea what the hell this is about. At the heart of the case is a 2020 Facebook post accusing a Minneapolis dance instructor of sexual assault. Dang. I've never even heard of this case before. Have you? Mm-mm. No. 
Minnesota Supreme Court ruled Wednesday that a jury should determine the veracity of a woman's Facebook post accusing a Minneapolis dance instructor of sexual assault, which led him to sue uh, her for, let him, yeah, to sue for defamation. Mm. The state's highest court didn't determine whether the accusation is true. Instead, it focused on deciding if the post involved the matter of public concern. Four justices found that it did, which means the post is entitled to heightened protection under the First Amendment. Three justices, including Chief Justice Lori Gildea, dissented, calling the post a private matter. That heightened protection uh, means attorneys for dance instructor Byron Johnson will have a higher burden of proof at trial in Hennepin County District Court. They will not only have to prove Kaya Freeborg's accusation was false, but also that it was made uh, with actual malice. So I have a question. How could you prove that? She's lying. Though. Yeah, this is the weird. Wait, why aren't we getting to the heart of the issue? I just love that they're like, we should really figure out if this was okay to post first. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. And you know, in a defamation case, and I learned this because as a journalist, I learned a lot about the, a lot about defamation cases, and yeah. slander, libel, the whole thing. The, one of the hardest defenses ever, if you're accused of slander or defamation, is that you were telling the truth. That's that's like the last vestige. Yeah, you, you know that's that's not a defense that's used very often. I just don't see how she can or cannot prove what she yeah. said is true. Exactly. How could you prove that? Yeah. Well, you couldn't, but you could come up with some circumstantial evidence that might sway a jury. But that's not justice. That's just because you can sway a jury. Justice. Well, that, that's <laughs> it kind not of is justice. Uh, but if it's true, it's justice. Right. Yeah. Well, you're right. But that's that's the whole thing about defamation cases. For the most right, part, right. It's it's you know you can't really prove one thing or the other. So yeah, I know. So it's the I guess it's the jury's responsibility to decide if that is the defense. Is that it's there? Is is this a plausible thing? You know, does in, in other words, in a case like this. Does the defendant uh, have, or or does does anyone, you know, have have evidence that they told all their friends about this right, at the time? Right. That kind of thing. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, look look at it this way. We got uh, Judge AJ can argue whether it's time to end the show or not. He doesn't want to. No. AJ. But Brittany wants to end the show. Mm-hmm. AJ. So you being the judge. Well, I'd like to see some the vitriolic debate on this. I would too. But uh, short of that, I say, you know what? We we should wrap it up on this high note. Thank you. Thank you. I want another case. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.